You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Hi, friends. It's me, Molly Bloom. I'm here with my pals, Manika Wilhelm. Hi. Sandon Totten. Hello. And Mark Sanchez. Greetings. Brains On has a very special milestone coming up. It's almost our 200th episode. But before that, we thought it would be fun to revisit our very first episode. We came up with the idea for Brains On way back in 2011. So like 10 years ago now. Wow. Yeah, back when Molly, Sandin, and I started working on the first episode, there weren't any podcasts for kids. So we were doing something completely new, and it took us a little while to figure out what we wanted the show to sound like. After experimenting and writing and playing around, we finally finished and shared the first episode in January of 2012. It is still available in our podcast feed, so we are not totally embarrassed of it, but it's definitely a little different from the Brains On episodes we make now. So today, we're going to re-listen to that very first episode and give you some behind-the-scenes glimpses and backstories along the way. The four of us will be interrupting here and there with some reactions and thoughts and memories. And we'll hear from our very first ever co-host, Ian Roberts, who is now actually a college student and a full-grown adult. They grow up so fast. <laughs> you know You know what's funny is that our co-hosts get older, but we all stay the same age. <laughs> yeah, how is that? <laughs> you know, I've never heard this episode before. Uh, I, I know. It's been a while since I've heard it, too. I, probably about nine years. Wow, okay. This is going to be fun. It's going to be like looking back at old photos but for our ears. All right, let's do it. We now present to you the very first episode of Brains On, which had the very descriptive title, Eating. Is it coming yet? Any second now. It's almost here. Prepare yourselves. We can't wait. Hi, you're listening to Brains On, a show featuring awesome kids and the stuff that makes kids awesome. So, do you know why some foods taste better to adults than they do to kids? And vice versa. Do you know what happens to food once you're done tasting it? Do you know how to make a spring roll? We'll cover all that right now. Keep listening. Okay, let's pause here for just a second. This is present day Molly, Mark, Sandin, and Manica speaking. So there's a theme song with words. Yep. yep. We do not have that theme song anymore. Now we just have the bump, 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 which we are all so familiar with. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. anybody want to talk about why we changed theme songs? I really don't remember because listening back to that, I'm like, this song is pretty good. <laughs> I The thing that I remember was we had, we, it was a big deal when we, came up with a theme song and sort of like we we all went into a recording studio and made it with a, f- a friend of ours who's also in this episode and his son is in this episode. Uh, and then we we used it for a few episodes, I think. But we got feedback that it was sounded like... like That it was for younger kids. Younger like, kids, We wanted yeah. the show to be for like 
kids in elementary school, like six to 12 year olds and beyond. And like something adults would like to listen to too. And we played it for some friends with kids and they were like, oh, this is a show for like little teeny kids, like three year olds. I don't know if that's like the fact that kids are yelling in the song or something (laughs) like that. But we were like, all right, I love that song, but I guess we're going to leave it on the cutting room floor for future episodes. Yeah, for, um, for our 200th episode when we come and revisit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we changed to another song. So Mark wrote that song, and he also wrote the song that you hear now in episodes, the Bump Bump song. Those are both Mark Sanchez creations. Yeah. I don't know if anyone picked up on this, but Molly, you sound a little deeper back then. Yeah, oh. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. You said you had you definitely sound more, of a gro- I, more of a lower timbre. I think that is a product of me not having talked into a microphone very much. So I think the voice you hear now is really closer to my real voice. But Mm. since I wasn't really used to talking to a microphone, I think I was trying to sound, you know, very professional. Mm. So Mm. I lowered my voice a little bit. Mm -hmm. A little Um, more serious. Yes, but I don't feel the need to do that anymore. Now I can just be myself because I'm like, oh, microphones, my best friends. (laughs) So, (laughs) All right, should we listen to the show? Yeah. Okay. I'm Molly Bloom, and here with me today is... Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, I'm Ian Roberts, and I'm in the sixth grade. Ian will be here sharing hosting duties with me, and we're going to start the show today in the kitchen. You want to wrap it up? I'm Kirsten, and I'm 12 years old. I'm Emily, and I'm six and a half. I love making these. Totally fine. So those are the Emerson sisters, and they were kind enough to invite us over to show us how to make spring rolls. We are taking spring roll wrappers and putting them into warm water for a couple seconds. And then, Emmy, do you want to add what you want? We put some um, cucumbers. Then we have some shrimp, mint, and cilantro. They said spring rolls are fun because you can put really anything in them. Vegetables, meat, herbs, and then you get to dip them in delicious sauces. We're folding it and wrapping it up. First you roll kind of like half of it, then fold in the sides, then fold in the rest of the way. These girls love to cook. What do you like to make, Emmy? I like to make my peanut butter breakfast. It's where you get granola and you put bananas and peanut butter and mix them all together. Totally good. And that makes some pretty adventurous eaters, too. I like every, well, pretty much everything I try. But everybody likes chocolate cake. I like chocolate cake, too. And they told us that they use all their senses when they cook. Taste. Smell. I use it a lot to make sure that I like it. We're going to get back to some of those senses, like taste and smell, in a second. But first, we're going to go to a different sense. We're going to listen. All right, what reactions do we have to the spring rolls? Well, for starters, there was no question. We now, every episode starts with a question that, like, opened up the whole thing. But we didn't come up with the idea of answering questions until a few episodes later. This one, we just, I mean, we didn't have anyone sending us questions back then. So we just started the show and went right into our first segment. Well, I think what happened, I think we, I think we did think about asking questions, but we didn't have listeners yet. But I know the first question we ever answered from a listener, and that was in the episode, How Does Paint Stick? That was the first listener question we got, and we answered it. It's a really good question. That's a good one. Okay, let's listen to the mystery sound. So, Ian, are you ready for the mystery sound? (laughs) 
Okay. We'll hear, it, we'll hear it one more time. Do you have any guesses? It sounds sort of like an explosion of some sort. That's a pretty good guess. And so it has to do with cooking. Oh, I think maybe a kind of a stir-fry. Interesting. Interesting guess. So while you're puzzling over the mystery sound, we're going to find out all about tasting. Our friend Sandon Totten spoke with 7th grade science teacher John Iverson. Let's start with the first question. What is taste? Taste would be when your tongue hits upon a chemical. The chemical is then sent as a message to your brain, and your brain says, hmm, that's sweet or that's sour. So how many tastes are there? Five that most scientists currently say we all have. So there are five tastes. We have salt, bitter, sweet, sour, and umami. Uh, what's that last one? That last one is a Japanese word that means savory or hearty. It's a, it's a flavor that most people in uh, the United States and Europe didn't recognize until just recently. So it's a new taste. Yeah, it's a new taste that we've always had all along. Umami. Okay. Um, so tell me again, tell me a little bit about how t- the tongue works. Uh, the tongue, uh, a muscle underneath, but there's a thin layer of skin that has many different cells that are taste receptors. Uh, We do have taste receptors all over the tongue, a little bit inside the mouth, and a little bit in the very first part of your throat as well. Can we see the taste receptors? Yes, you can see the taste buds. If you actually take a blue popsicle and you just put it right on your tongue for a number of minutes, get your tongue all blue, when you stick your tongue out, look in the mirror, you can see all these little white dots. Those are your taste buds. How many does the mouth have? Uh, it, it depends on, on the person. Some people would say we have anywhere from 3,000, and some people would say up to 10,000. 10,000 taste buds in my mouth? Well, that's nothing. Catfish have close to 15,000 themselves. And not only do they taste with their tongue, but they also have these barbels, these whiskers. That's why they're called catfish. Those are used to sense taste as well. So they have taste buds on their whiskers? Yes. Some fish actually taste with their fins and their parts of their scales as well. What are some other animals uh, that taste in different ways. Some butterflies taste with sensors on their feet. Ants, uh, as well, have parts of their jaw that have taste buds on them. There's also things like cockroaches will sense taste with their antenna. Some butterflies taste with sensors on their feet. How do you think it would be to taste with your feet? I think it would be pretty gross. You'd taste your socks every morning when you put them on. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be good. Yeah. So, is this, and did any of that surprise you in that interview or anything interesting to you? Yeah, I was interested by the catfish. It has more taste buds than we do. Yeah, I wonder, sometimes I wonder what we're missing when we're tasting. Yeah. But the guy was saying, too, that actually kids, and we'll get to this in a little bit, have more taste buds than adults do. And that's actually why you might not like all the same foods that your parents like. They taste stronger to you. So we'll hear even more about tasting in a little bit, and we'll get to do some tasting ourselves. But let's go back to that mystery sound. So your previous guesses were an explosion or a stir-fry. But this is actually Jessica Bartle's favorite cooking sound. She's a professional chef, and she has a clue for you. Well, it's a tall cylinder with um, a little threaded connector. And then the top of it is a nice, convenient handle that'll hold on. Um, You can grab it, hold on to it. There's a knob that opens and closes the gas, 
and a little trigger. So, any more guesses after that? No, I think that made me a little more lost than before. So it's it's a it's a it's a tool that she uses for baking, but it's not necessarily something that you might think of right away. It's you ready? Ready? We'll hear the sound one more time. Sure. Any last guesses? Maybe something using pressurized air? That sounds... Yes. It's a blowtorch. What? A blowtorch? I know. What, what would you imagine you would use that for in baking? Hmm. Maybe, like, trying to crack something open? I've... We have a walnut tree in our backyard, and I was trying to, like, crack the nuts open. It was impossible. So what did you do? I eventually soaked them in water for, like, a day or two, then let them dry... So the shells were really brittle, and then I could crack it, crack it open and get the nut. That's very smart. Yeah, well, let's, let's hear from Jessica how she uses it with sure. her baking. Brulees and cakes and caramelizing and softening and melting and helping things stick and glue. So she uses it for, like, everything. Wow. So she, you know, like, when you see those little creme brulees, they're little, like, puddings with the top that's all mm-hmm. hard. So when you take sugar and you put an open flame on it, it gets kind of hard and crunchy like that. Wow, I'm blown away. And it's a blowtorch. High five. That was great. (laughs) Good one, Ian. (laughs) I think we can all appreciate Ian's pun there. You know, we love Mm -hmm. a good pun on Brains On. Incredible. This is a really good time to check in with our friend Ian and see what he's up to now. So my name's Ian. I'm 20 years old, and I'm a student at the University of Minnesota. Right now, I'm studying ecology, uh, evolution, and behavior. It's one major. I thought I could apply that to a lot of real-world issues. We are kind of living in a world where uh, a lot of change has happened in the past few centuries. Uh, we're using land really differently than we used to. Uh, we're emitting a lot more greenhouse gases. Uh, and I think kind of the way forward is we have to make some really serious changes in how we use land. Um, So a degree in ecology would let me study how this restoration process happens, where we take like a field that used to have crops growing on it, like corn or wheat, and we maybe turn it back into something like a prairie, if we're talking about Minnesota. Uh, And those prairies are going to provide what are called ecosystem services, where they are soaking up water before it turns into a flood or sequestering carbon dioxide from the atmosphere or just providing a habitat for endangered species. So I think all of that's really important. Uh, Coming into the first episode of Brains On, um, I was young. I didn't really know what I I wanted to do. um, And I felt like I wasn't uh, the greatest academic student, maybe. Um, So I just want to reach out and say to everybody who's interested in science, you can do it. Uh, you can do it if you have the, the drive and the motivation. Uh, it's not nearly as much about the like book intelligence as you think it is. Uh, and there's a place for you in science, 100%. It's really just about asking questions and being curious. And I think everybody has the capacity to do that. Ian is doing some really awesome work. This summer, he's going to be an intern with a lab. And part of his job is going to be tracking wild bees on the Minnesota prairie sounds pretty cool. And we're going to stay in the present for a little bit longer to let you know about an episode we're working on right now. Our 200th episode is going to be all about the sun. 
And we want to know, if you could add a planet to our solar system, what would it be like? Manika, what, what do you think? I would want to add a donut-shaped planet to our solar system, and it would make gravity really wacky, and it would feel different to be in different parts of the planet. Oh, I love that. Whatever you're dreaming up, send us your ideas to brainson.org slash contact. That's where we got this question. Hi, I'm Josie from Denver, Colorado. My question is, why do we have birthmarks? We'll be back with an answer to that question, and we'll read the most recent group of listeners to be added to the Brains Honor Roll at the end of the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Sitka Seafood Market. Seafood is a great source of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, which can support heart health. Salmon is one of my favorite foods, and so it's so delightful when a box of amazing quality, beautiful salmon arrives at my door. Sitka Seafood Market sources from small boat fishermen and community-based processors that take great care to provide the highest quality seafood that is wild-caught, sustainably, and ethically harvested. And one of the best parts is Sitka Seafood Market offers a variety of flexible subscriptions that can come monthly or every other month. It's super convenient, so if you're going on vacation, you can pause or you can cancel any time. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Go to SitkaSeafoodMarket.com and use code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com, promo code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Okay, we are back. Let's time travel back almost 200 episodes and learn some more about taste buds. So, all right, so we're going to go back to Sandin and John Iverson. So if you want to taste along with them, like Ian and I are going to do, you will need to get your hands on a few different kinds of foods. Something salty. So that would be like chips or pretzels. Or maybe something sweet. And that would be like dried fruit or cookies or candy. Maybe something bitter, too. Yeah, that would be like spinach, parsley, stuff like that. Something sour. So lemon, lime. And last but not least, savory. So that could be beef jerky or mushrooms or even cheese. So let's get started with the tasting. Here we go. So John, how many tastes are there? Five tastes. And uh, let's talk about them. So let's start with sour. What do we got in front of us? We have a lime. And not only can I see it, which is another part of our taste sensations, is looking at different foods, but also I can smell it. I can already smell it. 
It is really... I can just anticipate that it's going to be sour, just from the smell. And what happens when you can anticipate food? Your saliva starts to run out of your salivary glands in your mouth. In this case, I can already feel my cheeks tightening up, knowing that they're going to be doing that in a second. Okay, so we're going to talk about the taste sour. Let's do it. All right. So we're taking the lime here. Okay. We're just going to take a little bite. All right, let's do it. Ready? Okay. Mm. Woo! Woo! I can feel it already. What happened? Ah. The back muscles in my cheeks just start to tighten up so much. I like it. (laughs) You like it? And my salivary glands start to pump out more and more saliva to make sure that my mouth doesn't have the sour taste in it anymore. So what have we got here? We have some spinach greens. And these taste what? These are bitter. Very bitter. And you get the sensation with bitter food sometimes that this isn't something that you should be eating. And it seems to most scientists reasonable that before we had labels that said this is food, this is not food, that this was our body's way of saying what you're eating isn't going to be good for you. Maybe that's why today kids don't like eating their vegetables. They're thinking maybe this is poison. I'm sure I've heard kids say that before. I've heard my own kids say that, and believe me, as a parent, I'll tell you, you're not going to get away with it. You still should eat your greens. All right, let's eat some greens. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of spinach. Mm -hmm. Are you? I'm not either. Should we do it anyway? Sure. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Bottoms up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right in the back of my mouth, I get the taste. On the tip of my tongue, I don't really taste the spinach very much at all. I'd have to say dandelions are worse. Have you ever eaten a dandelion? No. What do they taste like? It's just like bitter beyond belief. It's like coffee without the taste of coffee. It's just essence of bitter. Ish. Let's move on to everybody's favorite, sweet. So you know what these are? Dried pineapple. And this tastes? Very sweet. Well, let's just jump right into it. Where are you tasting it? The very middle Mm. of my tongue. I like this taste a lot. Yeah, What happens when we eat sweet things? You feel happy. You feel happy. Your tongue just... I would say just erupts in this great joyous, ah, I have sugar, I have things that I want in my mouth. I notice that you ate much more of the pineapple than the spinach. Well, you know, we all have our favorites. So what's your favorite sweet, usually? Hmm. My favorite sweet thing. Well, being a kid, I'd have to say candy. Now that Halloween was just over, you know, sweet craving. Yeah, did you eat all your Halloween candy already? Oh, no. I usually that? like ration it, and it lasts me till January. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is do you eat certain ones first? Yeah, I usually like the tart things. I eat them first, and I slowly work down to like the chocolate covered raisins that some crazy parent hands out. So you're not a fan of those? No. But you eat them anyway. Yeah. Sweets are something that most children prefer, and as you get older, your sense of desire or wanting for sweet foods becomes less and less. As you get older, your tastes change. Why is that? Why do they change? As you grow older, uh, your body continually replaces cells, skin cells that die, uh, also taste buds or taste cells that die. And some scientists believe that you don't replace as many as you get older. So you're not so concerned about the bitterness of foods. That's why more adults handle coffee than children. And also perhaps some of the sweet taste buds don't get replaced. And that would makes sense that the adults don't crave the sweets as much as children do. So kids and adults might actually have different tongues. That's why we like to eat different foods. Well, let's move on to salty. We crave salt at times. Why is that? Our body loses salt every time we go out for a run and we sweat. So our sweat is salty because it's full of salt? Yeah, for our body to do all the things we want it to do, to think, to jump, to sleep, we need salt in our cells. 
Let's try getting some salt back in our cells. I got some chips here. I can smell it, and I already know it's going to be salty. So you're a salty guy. So oh, yeah. I wonder if you like salt more, because maybe you're like active, because like he was saying, you kind of lose a lot of salt yeah. when, you, when you exercise. I do actually jog. That's a hobby. So there you go. Maybe that's why you crave salt. Mm-hmm. What's the connection between saltiness and thirstiness? Salt actually removes moisture from things. Salt dries things out so much that we want to replace the water in our mouth. We can't always do it with the saliva we have, and that's why we get thirsty. Now let's go on to the last taste here. Umame, or savory. Oh, looks like you brought some beef jerky for us for the savory taste. Yeah, let's try it out. Oh, very chewy. <laughs> Buck up. While we're chewing, we'll hear what they say about it. Sure. I can know that this is nourishing, that it's something my body really does need. Why does your body need beef jerky? It doesn't necessarily need beef jerky, but the, the meat itself, the protein, this is the building block of a lot of our body. Our muscles in particular need the protein to keep doing what they're doing and to grow and grow bigger and stronger. So if our bodies were a Lego machine, the beef has proteins, which are like the little Lego pieces we use to build a bigger and better machine. That'd be correct, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of comes out of like it's like somebody just jumped out of a closet. He's a little startling. <laughs> oh my god! I just, you're paying attention now, though. I just imagine a group of kids just like jumping from like behind the couch outside. They burst out of the kitchen. Brains Yeah, ah, I wet my pants. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize to people who don't like to hear eating noises. The chips are really satisfying. It feels like you've turned the corner once you get to the salty, yeah. crunchy. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we wanted to make the show interactive. And so we were trying to think of something people could do along with the show. And so that seemed like a good thing to try, like eat and listen and and uh, have a good old time. Yeah, I think it's the two segments of this episode are like activities in the world. And we do a lot more of kind of like building activity into skits and things now. But it's cool to get to do stuff Um in real life. Very true. Let's get back to the episode. Brains on tasting. So next, the brains on players are here to tell us what happens to all this food once it's eaten. Microphones, headphones, action. When you eat something, your body digests it. Digestion is how your body turns food like salads, sandwiches, and smoothies into vitamins, minerals, and proteins to help you grow. The first step in digestion is eating. So time to eat. Uh-oh, here I go. This sandwich is awesome! Hey, ouch! Ow! Ow! Who are you? What's going on? Me? I'm a mouse! And you are a delicious sandwich! So I'm chewing you up! Ow! Oof! Hey, why's it gotta be so hard when you chew and I'm all wet? Ha! I see you are new to being eaten. Chewing is the first step in digestion. I use my teeth to mash you up into... Little bits. Then I mix you up with saliva to make you soft. Hey, watch it. And when I've made you all nice and mushy, I can pass you off to the next stage of digestion by simply swallowing. Okay, can we pause real quick? Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, I think I remember writing that skit about the sandwich yeah, you did. But now listening back, that is terrifying. That poor sandwich. <laughs> I feel so bad for it <laughs> because it's because it's played by a 
kid too. <laughs> who sounds yeah, like yeah, like the cutest. Who kid sounds ever. like he's actually <laughs> being eaten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a good actor. What was it? his name? Gray. Yeah, it was, I think? Our, it was our friend Gray? Sam's son. Gray. His name was Gray. Yeah. That was some good acting because I legit felt sorry that I that was being eaten. <laughs> and fun fact, that voice of the mouth is Anna Weggle, who you'll sometimes hear on Smash Boom Best. Also the voice of Kara of Kara and Gilly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow, she's been this around her a very long first time. voice for Brains On. Wow. Step two. Back to it. Step two of the digestion process, swallowing. Swallowing is when the food you chewed goes down your throat. Oh, I'm falling. <laughs> Don't cry, little sandwich man. I've got you in my muscular grip. Who are you? I am the esophagus. I am a muscular tube in your throat. And I'm going to carry you from the mouth to the stomach. Where's that wind coming from? That's the windpipe. But you don't want to go down there. You'll choke the body. And the body will cough you out. But don't worry, little sandwich man. The epiglottis will cover the windpipe hole, so you will be safe on your way. Hey, yo, let me just cover that up, and you're good to go. Thank you, epiglottis. Okay, sandwich man, you ready to go down to the stomach? I guess so. I mean... Have a nice swim. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, okay, pause again. <laughs> that... That was my terrible impression. I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes. maybe? Yeah, it like... was Arnold Schwarzenegger, who used to be the governor of California. But before mm-hmm. that, you know, was an actor and a bodybuilder. He's a very strong a famous <laughs> muscle man. And we were talking about a muscular tube, your esophagus. I, you know, this goes way back to when I was in, I think, fifth grade. I had a project where we had to act out the digestive system and I was partnered up with my best friend at the time, Sean Heisen, and he had the idea to make the uh, esophagus be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> wow. And I just basically remembered that years later when we were making this episode and was like, oh, I'm just going to take his idea without giving him credit. Uh, so, <laughs> Sean Heisen, if you're listening, that was your idea, and it was much better when you did the accent <laughs> than when I tried to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but anyway, thanks. Thanks for helping our first episode. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Back to the episode. Step three in digestion, the stomach. The stomach is a sack inside your belly where food gets broken down into a messy liquid. It's all wet and warm in here. Well, hello. Welcome to the stomach, baby. Relax, kick back, and enjoy the soothing vibes of my gastric hot tube. Oh, the water tingles. Oh, yeah. That's because it's acid, baby. Stomach acid. And it's going to gently break you down into even smaller pieces. So just enjoy the ride. Ah, I feel like I'm melting. It's nice, right? These acids are pretty powerful. And by swishing you around, I'm going to make you all loosey-goosey. Well, it's time you be moving along, little fellow. Next stop for you, the small intestine. Stay groovy. You too, stomach. That was Derek Stevens. Very talented voice actor. Who works with us, who also is the voice of MC Scat Cat in the Paula Abdul song, Opposites Attract. Yeah, that was, uh, this sandwich is taking quite a what journey. What was that? Yeah. Hot tubes? What? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't it have been hot tub? Did we not? I bet it was, I bet it, hot tub. I bet it was like a typo. <laughs> and none of us caught it. Hot tub. Should have been hot tub. Hot tub. Should have been hot tub, not hot tube. Step four, the small intestine. At this point, 
your sandwich has turned into a soup-like goo. In the small intestine, your body picks the vitamins and minerals it needs from that goo. Huh, it's dark in here. Pins, pins, ow! Pins, hey, ouch! Pins, pins. Hey, pins? sorry, I'm just picking you dry. Ouch, ouch, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm the small intestine, which is a funny name for me because I'm 22 feet long. I'm a tube coiled up inside the body, and my job is to pick all your nutrients and vitamins. Pins, pins, oh, pins, and look at all pins, this pins, protein pins. you've got. You were once a chicken sandwich, weren't you? Yeah, I was a chicken sandwich. What are you doing with all my vitamins and proteins and stuff? Oh, it goes all over the place. To the muscles, to the brain, to the whole body, actually. Pins, pins, we're going to build a better body using these parts from you. Pins, You're taking my everything. Pins, pins, There'll be nothing left. Pins. Oh, don't worry. There will be something left. And actually, it's time you head off to the next step of digestion. My big brother, the large intestine. Step five, the large intestine. This is the body's last chance to soak up what it needs from food. Hey. Um, hey? I'm the large intestine. I'm also a long tube. Okay, so what happens here? Uh, You're kind of a liquid mess at this point. I'm just going to absorb some of that water. And this might be kind of awkward. Awkward? Hey, whoa! You're taking all the water away. I'm drying out. Yeah, the body needs your liquids. Come on now. I'm going to leave you in the colon. That's the last part of the body you'll see. Step six, getting rid of waste. Some parts of the food you eat, the body doesn't need, so it gets rid of it. The colon? You're just going to leave me here? In the colon? Just like that? Not for long. Just wait. Door's about to open. Bombs away. Bombs away? What? Wait, what's that smell? Hold on, it's me. I'm a poo. And that, my dear friends, is how digestion works. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> that's like probably one of the best lines in any brain song. <laughs> Wait, it's me. I'm a poo. <laughs> Yeah, we introduced poop really early. There's always been poop. (laughs) From day one. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And yes, all those voice actors are people we worked with at NPR News, and they were really good Mm -hmm. sports to play those very silly parts. And the small intestine was played by Mark Sanchez. Our first use of the pitch shift function. Mark, you were good at voices even way back then. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm imp- I was impressed listening. To that. I'm like, wow, he's just on. You know, he was on. Molly and I both sounded weird in that episode, and you sounded like yeah. Here's the here's my theory. <laughs> here's my theory. I was the only one who had a kid at the time, so I I had a head start on making goofy, silly noises and voices before you two. Good mm. point. All right, let's finish listening to the episode. So all this food is making me hungry. Should we wrap this up? Thanks for listening to Brains On. This episode was produced with help from Ian Roberts, Chris Roberts, Mark Sanchez, Jackie Fuller, Zandon Totten, Anna Weggel, Jeff Holich, Derek Stevens, Bucky Emerson, Greg Keenan, Sam Keenan. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, I had fun. Awesome. Any final thoughts after listening to this cute little baby episode? That I, I think that's a good description. It is like a baby episode where we're sort of like learning to walk. But but I think we grew mm-hmm. up into like, you know, a fine young person. The show's ready for college. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Manika, what did you think hearing this for the first time? Um, 
I thought I was glad to hear the skit at the end because I was like, where are the characters? Where are the skits? That's our bread and butter these days. It's neat to hear some of the stuff that happens in the show today, which is that we really ask kids questions and we really pay attention to what kids are paying attention to. Um, is still there, you know, in that very first episode. Those things all carry through. Well, no matter if you've been listening to Brains On since the beginning or this is the very first time you're listening, we are really glad you're here. We could not do this without you. Yeah, your questions really do power the show. So send them to us at brainson.org slash contact. And don't forget to send us your ideas about what planet you'd like to see added to the solar system. And now, before we go, it's time for our moment of my question is, why do we have birthmarks? My name is Jenna Lester, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Dermatology at University of California, San Francisco. If you look at your skin, you are looking at thousands of different skin cells and a few different types of skin cells. And one type of skin cell called the melanocytes, which are the skin cells that give the color to our skin, also make birthmarks. And when you are developing as a baby, um, some of those cells decide to be to just behave a little bit differently. So they um, they don't come quite to the surface of the skin. They are maybe just below the surface of the skin or they're a little bit bigger. And so they move differently than the other um, skin cells. And as a result, they make birthmarks. And some birthmarks you're born with. The medical term for birthmarks are nevi. Um, the singular is nevus. And the ones that you're born with are called congenital nevi. And then there are other ones that you develop over time and those are called acquired nevi. I think you should be proud of your birthmarks and they're just another thing that makes you unique from the person sitting next to you. They're with you your whole life and they grow with you and change with you and you check it out every so often. Make sure if it grows really quickly or if it begins to hurt you or if it begins to get itchy that you let um, someone know. But most often, they're totally healthy, they're nothing to worry about, and you probably won't even think about them every day. Um, um, um. This list has left a mark on my heart. It's the Brains Honor Roll. These are the fabulously creative listeners who sent us questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Lizzie from Marietta, Georgia, Laura from Perth, Australia, Hannah from Rochester, Michigan, Annika from Calgary, Alberta, Daniel from Boise, Idaho, Olivia from Chino Hills, California, Molly, Gavin, Baylor, and Lucy from Soldotna, Alaska, Gavin from Lake Stevens, Washington, Nash from Mississauga, Ontario, Jasmina and Malini from Wayne, New Jersey, Kabir from Redmond, Washington, Claire from Sackville, New Brunswick, Amelia from League City, Texas, Matthew and Lauren from Anaheim, California, Caleb and Lydia from Kansas City, Missouri, Ellery and Adabel from Santa Clara, California, Harper and Tony from Boise, Idaho, Hugo from Allensford, Australia, Max from Melbourne, Australia, Kalia from Binghamton, New York, Gus from Cambridge, Massachusetts, Amelie from England, Vivian from Pittsburgh, Kansas, Maddie from Burlington, Vermont, Elle from Vancouver, Washington, Ryan Elizabeth from Los Angeles, Avery and Levi from Bowral, Australia, Achintia from Bengaluru, India, David and Emmett from Ossini, New York, Jack and Eli from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Anderson from Apollo Beach, Florida, Daniel and Marty from Tel Aviv, Israel, Sibylle from San Juan, Puerto Rico, Hannah 
Anna from Querétaro City, Mexico, Annalise and Lyndon from South Hamilton, Massachusetts, Ian and Jack from Kenosha, Wisconsin, Ava Jean from Charlotte, North Carolina, Easton from Shoreline, Washington, Ian from Austin, Texas, Evan from Granite Bay, California, Gabriel and Brennick from Yokosuka, Japan, Rhea from Santa Clara, California, Winston from Houston, Texas, Alyssa from Southworth, Washington, Eva from Austin, Texas, Mateish from Belgium, Eli from Castle Rock, Colorado, Micah from Hamilton, New Zealand, Brian from New York City, Elizabeth and Victoria from Castro Valley, California, Axel from Detroit, Patrick from Brooklyn, New York, Adlai from Altadena, California, Wally from Valley Center, California, Emma Claire, Sophie Ann, Sella and Carter from Louisville, Kentucky, Riley from Morgan Hill, California, Elijah from Oakland, California, Josie and Eliza from Silver Spring, Maryland, Caddy from Columbia, Maryland, Evan and Emmett from Fort Myers, Florida, Bailey from Spring Valley, New York, Eleanor from Leighton Buzzard, United Kingdom, William and Katie from Grovetown, Georgia, Stella from Alsea, Oregon, Louise from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Isaac and Sadie from Sydney, Australia, and Anya from California. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.